you need I need to send a song to you that is from a band I deeply <laughs> like. It's called Zeal and Ardor, and they Okay, so you know how we all support positive influence and supporting each other and everything? Well, yes. th- there there are some people who take negativity and turn it into good things. Uh, Danny Elfman, throughout his entire career, he always always said, I thrive on the worst reviews. Give me the worst reviews, and then out of spite, I'm just going to do even better. So the main guy, a Swedish-American biracial person making music and is on 4chan back in the day and is asking people for genres and he would make like a little riff or a little song in like 30 minutes just to challenge himself so 4chan being 4chan and terrible one person suggested black metal and a slur and so the guy decided to do it and what came out is zeal and ardor black metal meets slave music and the result is very interesting. Their live shows look fantastic, and I want to go. And there is a new song they have released <laughs> that has the main chorus, Bow Down to the American Way, and I am here for it. Well, that almost, like, if without going into a long thing, you're, you're essentially just, you're, you're taking, if you take the, the lineage of rock music and i guess black metal as an extension and bend both ends of it together in like a horseshoe that's what you'd be doing <laughs> like well because trace like the common ancestry of rock all the way back to uh west west african rhythmic conventions yeah yeah it, it is like unironically it is true the the entirety of rock and roll is built upon stolen black music and stolen black lives well, that's an upper of opening. Let's not put this in front. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to act like this is going to sound like apologia. I would even say stolen because, like that, that assumes the current day, uh, like American and especially the capitalistic understanding of how copyright and such works. The fact that we can think of art as like stolen if an other people perform it, where well, okay. that's only a market. Th- right? We all say stolen. Okay, when because I say of stolen, I mean there are tons of white people still profiting off of muddy waters, and muddy waters isn't profiting. That's what I'm saying. This is a whole phenomenon that only exists because art has been smushed into a purely market thing. True. Very, if you very went true. To, if you go to the 17, 16, 1500s, you would just... What we would call ripping off melodies and themes, it would just oh variation on a theme by this guy, and you would just do it, and there was no yeah. expected like that's your credit, you just do the thing. And I mean, obviously, if the way you make money is as a performer, and you end up t- since you're like taking work, you're like scabbing out someone else's songs. <laughs> to, like if it's used that way, yeah, it's that's you mean, not you good. You mean don't but, do how Metallica got started and uh, playing other or early metal up. covers they liked and it's not that they they went out of their way to claim it as their own but they did not advertise themselves as a cover band and sure didn't give credit yeah exactly using it for nefarious like trying to swindle people it sucks that that's even like a, a, an option the fact that it's possible that's when we talk about systemic m- movements yeah like when i say that the, that art has been kind of made systemically exploitative 
under capitalism, it's not that a lot of people do exploitation. It's that like the very nature of how art is even created has been changed and is affected by the economic mode of production that it exists within. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> it's like I'm just stringing words together. No, well, but, and like, like, do we want to address that really quick? Like, so I experience what you have just experienced, where I am sincerely trying to convey things and it's not just that i see the eyes gloss over as a tech person and nerd i'm used to seeing that my entire life but like when i'm when i'm sincerely trying and i'm like they think i'm babbling right now i am but i i don't know what to do (laughs) i it's 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 a different flavor of the other question of how do you talk to people that believe you can change the system from within it's your core assumptions. You you're dealing with some people who like. It's not. I want to act like all oh, those idiots over there. It's most people. Most people grow up just the same way. Like it's the water we swim in. We are all in neoliberal capitalism. So it it's the, just trying to get in a conversation past the idea of during COVID. People you know, people say over and over. People need to go to work. Need to go to work. Need to. What do people need to go to Starbucks to make coffees and give them to other people? Is that what people need? No. no, they need the money that they get from the job, and that's not even what they need. You don't need the money. You can hold the money, and you can't eat it. You can't sleep in it. You can't warm you. You have to exchange that for goods and services. What people need are the goods and services. People don't need health insurance. They need health care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we are wired. Your base assumptions are just so different for like they've all been so skewed by the way that you like you know, you grow up the waters that we swim in neoliberal capitalism. We automatically go, "Yeah, you came up with a thing and that that's now an object that they own cuz Everything is an object. Everything is commodified. Everything is turned into a... Which I don't say to be all hippy-dippy, we should live in an artist utopia. It's also not what I'm going for. But wouldn't it be nice if everything was not a competition? Because that competition is artificial. Instead of trying to beat other artists at writing a song, it's like, we can all together. Music, yeah. Instead of beating up, oh, I have to develop this drug to get my funding to my company. How can we, for the benefit of everyone, solve some shit? Like, solve a problem. So, <laughs> What I, got us farther? The NASA or Elon Musk having fun on weekends? Yeah. Uh, the weird thing with that, I talk about this topic with my brother a lot in that I'm always refuting the I hate how it's Elon Musk doing it and the only shred or kernel of truth that I do acknowledge and cede to the opposing view is well, today, specifically, if Elon Musk weren't doing it, no one would be. And the way he's doing (laughs) it is clearly harmful to all of the employees and things going on, but scientific advancements are being made. It's just being made in the worst way possible, really. <laughs> we have very sophisticated methods of monitoring you at work. Very sophisticated <laughs> methods of monitoring what you're going to buy, when and where and how many, where it should be shipped. We spend a ton of our resource and energy on that. It's just only to benefit a tiny, tiny number of people. Hey, we are last minute politics. 
Welcome to the podcast. If you are listening on any service other than, I don't know, some direct bootleg thing you got, uh, you're probably a rating button. Give us some stars, five stars. If you're going to do anything less, don't bother. You know how this shit works. If it's not a five, it's a zero. That's the equivalent of liking, commenting, and subscribing for podcasts. Do that, too. Do any little engagement bits around the thing. And you if you don't want to yeah. do that... We can do Tell the like, someone. comment, and subscribe because we're back on YouTube. We're back we in another YouTube. palm of capital and the great <laughs> algorithm. And Spotify added a star rating system to its podcasts recently. <laughs> so look at that, Spotify listeners. Give us some stars. It'll make us pop up faster in search results if they think that people actually listen to the show. <laughs> This is an episode where I am in the middle of building, we're both having structural bathroom issues, which uh, I would like to point out mine are not because of my diet. Yeah, I was going to say external bathroom issues, not within our own bodies, but my we're redoing the bathroom, one of the two bathrooms in my house. I know I'm very bougie, you need to guillotine me, I have two, two bathrooms in my house. I was naked and wet in one of your bathrooms. Yeah, you're going to be so much... Uh, I was gonna say so much nakeder and wetter, but I'm like, I don't know if that's possible. It doesn't get more naked and wet than than naked and wet. Uh, we're doing full tile in the thing, so it's like I've been a lot of work. We've been doing that for the last week or so because everything is like do the thing, and now you have to wait for 24 hours for it to dry. Now do one more thing in that same spot. Now wait 24 hours for it to dry. Now do, and we're finally actually putting down freaking tile. We have a floor I can walk on. There's grout that I mushed in with my own hands cool I like it's satisfying to do labor that benefits really well i guess the labor us but like the tiles and all the supplies are made by somebody so that d- the purchase of that benefits someone but the actual improvement of the bathroom is not going to like a landlord or <laughs> it goes to us it's our house and we're gonna have a nice bathroom for us to use which is <laughs> which <laughs> like, is different from me buying a bunch of bathrooms around town and charging people to use the <laughs> yeah one is private property which would be a bunch of bathrooms i bought to try to make money on uh, one would be personal property that is my actual bathroom that i use my house is this the house you live in or the house you rent out because you don't want to do any work is that personal property or your private property oh i've i have been there uh let, let's do a quick little flashback if i've talked about it before oh well but the first apartment i ever lived in so uh, I went to DePaul University, which means I was in Chicago. So generally, you're in, you have to be in the dorms the first year unless you get an exception. You can stay in the second, but there are no junior and senior dorms. You got to go <laughs> figure that shit out on your own. So I was renting 19 on. And uh, during my time in this very, very, very <laughs> old building, uh, there was a bunch of water issues above. Plumbers came in and had to take out the entire ceiling and the whole ceiling had to dry, and we couldn't shower in there while it was drying. So then we wait for it to dry, and we're allowed to shower in there, but then we have to get them to come back in and put the ceiling back. And <laughs> uh, the property management company never booked that. If you're a student out here, try, try to link student housing with tenement rights, like renter's rights shit, because I got thrown directly into that for the situations you're describing now. What happened with your ceiling? Uh... I had to get a, thankfully it didn't cost me anything, a legal nasty gram that rent was going to get paid (laughs) into escrow instead of them until the ceiling (laughs) 
was put back. It's fixed. Yeah. Because, like, by the time it was open, my roommate and I were like, okay, well, I got to go to an interview. I got to shower. And he's like, same. So we go and shower in there. And the problem is, so you'd go in and shower. And, like, I don't know what this stuff was, but, like, flakes of wood and black stuff would fall <laughs> on you while you're showering. <laughs> Fucking asbestos. Oh, that's white. And <laughs> <laughs> there was some lead paint and asbestos sprinkling onto me as I shower. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. You know, a dusting. Look back at the just completely immoral <laughs> level of repair that some of the places that my student housing was in. It's like, <laughs> let's take this three bedroom house and make it 10 apartments. It's like, oh. <laughs> I slept in a very with a very angled ceiling because I was in the attic. Oh, yep. And the attic itself was three bedrooms. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> it was a pretty big attic, at least. All right. So a lot of times when you talk with people who believe change can happen from within the system, one of the core premises is that there is a difference between Democrats and Republicans. And I have put the link in the chat. I'm sure people have seen it now. The headline from the AP is Florida could shield whites from, quote, discomfort, unquote, of racist past. And there is a bill that is being pro proposed that is called <laughs> individual freedom and the the text on its own is very specifically meant to appear as like oh yeah that makes sense and the intent of the text of the bill in isolation is going through school no one should be made to feel uncomfortable or ashamed for their skin color regardless of what people of that skin color have done in the past and like at a gut reaction level i yeah no one we're not it, it, the problem is that being in the bill to go forward is built on the presumption that schools today are going to every white kid and going this is what <laughs> you people did to black people and like that's not happening so that's where this whole law breaks down immediately. And the reason I bring it up is if you were to ask which party is putting up this law, every, everyone knows, Republicans. You'd be hard-pressed to really find a Democrat supporting that. And my frustration or confusion is this is exactly what is pointed to when you say, okay, the system is equally supported by Democrats and Republicans, and then someone goes, Democrats don't do this. And that's where I get stuck. So when I talk... Pepper, why should I care about Marxism? Why should Marxism, socialism, even be a thing I look, look at or study or listen into? Well, it helps me approach stories both like not just like this but everything it, it's a science-based like based a thing that's based in facts not feelings uh that you can look at and you that you can use to analyze interpret 
help shape your thinking as like what the hell is even happening okay so look at this let's look at this bill and like what's actually even happening in it my reaction is that this is the possibly one this is one of the most pure distillations of a culture war thing possible what does the bill target discomfort (laughs) i'm looking at the article here in quotes it's like prevent private businesses from making white people feel discomfort well, all right, wait, wait, wait. I want to I wanna give a quick clarification. So the AP is writing about the presumed actual, like, what this is going to be used for, but nowhere in the bill and everyone involved. Like, if you were to say, hey, what's this fucking bill about shielding whites from discomfort? The immediate reaction is, that's not what the bill says, and that is correct. That is not what the bill says. So it prevents studies from critical race theory, which already is not taught anywhere under, like, the college level. It, like, bans various weird books that we all agree are not critical race theory and are not actually... But you see how it's kind of like an immaterial, vaporous, intangible thing to fight about. Because if you want to react to this, you then... You're forced into the stance of... Uh, black, uh, either like I don't know, white people should feel uncomfortable. Like you, I look at the last paragraph here, where you get uh, another a state senator's reactions, who was like, "At no point did white people say they should be held responsible for what happens." But like, uh, what is it? Uh, are you an enabler of what happened, or are you going to say we must talk about history? So then you just end up in this like argument of you end up it's arguing over how white, how bad should white people feel about slavery? And it's like, okay, cool, this is a fun conversation and all, but <laughs> what is it doing for well, anyone? anywhere let's say we stop teaching we never mention a black person in all of public schools does that pay a single white person's rent (laughs) we only do black people's we only read black literature at all times does that pay a single black person's rent like is anything actually change other than i mean like on an educational level like not properly teaching history that's that's something that's bad well no i'm not like oh this is where i want to get to uh (laughs) This is what I want to get to, and it's the insidiousness of using the culture war to advance capital and fascism, because they're all linked, especially here in the United States. So, like, what does this bill tangibly do? It furthers the disintegration of public education, which <laughs> we all know a an educational system that doesn't teach but that instead prepares you to work for capital is what they want. This is where they continue to go. The only people that get any kind of escape hatches out of that are the people who are born into rich families where the parents can go, ah, we're going to send them somewhere else. Cool private schools. So, like, this is... My my frustration with this is, like, there are so many ways to take this story and engage with it on the culture war basis, which is not what I'm interested in, but that's where all of the arguments are, and then this actual tangible harmful thing gets to ride free alongside, and like no one talks about it. This bill is creating a symptom to argue about and treat, right? The system has created this as another symptom, and now we aren't talking about the system of education in America, we're talking about critical race theory, which already is like, it, it's as you've said, it's not a thing. It's not... What happens in American education already today? It's it's a boogeyman. It's a MacGuffin. It's invented. All my life, I've heard about how poor every aspect of the American education system is. When you look at, if you like, you know, you you do the 
you do a test versus uh, people in this country versus people in X country, which, you know, you got to argue over like, okay, who made the test and what's actually testing for? And is it even possible to test for like, how do you test intelligence? But beyond that, like just the American understanding of history, like who everyone sees the gotcha moments, who knows who this very famous figure in, <laughs> is. And America's like, I have no idea who that is. Can you, uh, who wrote the blah? Like, it's not like we were starting from this imaginary point where that the, I guess, GOP senators want to argue where the American education system is this like crazy liberal utopia where everyone's learning like uh, all black people are good and all white people are bad or whatever the hell they think we're being taught. They think that people are being taught. It's like you just pointed out. I was in the education system. All the teachers I knew were like moderately to severely conservative. <laughs> like, and it depends on what town you're in, but you end up doing when we we were talking about the word reactionary and you hear that thrown around a lot. These are culture war issues designed not even to be addressed seriously because they just throw out things that are ridiculous. It just forces you to take a counter stance to it. And then before you know it, like you just said, we're arguing over like, what, what are we arguing over? What, what are we all? We're all just like, is it good to read certain authors or what should we talk? Like, you, you These always are designed ask to be where does infinity the energy, arguments. You ask where the energy goes, right? So in in looking at these stories, especially when my gut reaction to my gut reaction to seeing this is like, oh fucking what now? And that's part of what they want. I'm gonna continue to say it. Like the reactionary stuff, it's designed not only to rile us up, but it's designed for us to then send that energy in a place that is not effective. So, like, so let me think. Oh, I don't want to break the phone. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. That was that's a good stopping point. I'm trying to think of what the equivalent would be because we all talk about, oh, the Republicans get in charge and they do X, Y, and Z. Like bills like this, there's just nothing bills that don't really do anything. And I'm sure if anything gets too challenged in court, they probably won't hold up. Like for there's dumb bills for all these reasons. But the Democrats don't pour on like an opposite equivalent. They're supposed to be the equal opposite equivalent, right? Who are like fighting the equal, against the how equal come opposite equivalent is their inaction. And I think that is part of the dividing line of the way the Democrats and the Republicans operate you, from a social standpoint, from just us looking out the window. Yeah, there is a diff. There are, there are more than just superficial differences to the parties. What they do and how they go about it is tangibly different in a lot of ways, but they all still serve the same master. And I, I don't know how on purpose that is. I don't know how much of it is, that's just how it happened? I really don't know. It's like we were saying the other week, how it's not that they're paid to say X, Y, Z, but if they didn't say X, Y, or Z, they would be replaced. I don't think yeah. it's a sitting in the council of evil or whatever with all the Republicans so and Democrats making these plans. You ask the but difference. it gets guided that way. So what do the Republicans do? And we actually know this because we've said it all along. The Republicans fall in line and push their agenda shit. And some of it is just straight up because capital wants them to. And some of it is because there are a lot of genuine religious shitty people that really do hate the gays. And they're like, how many Benghazi hearings? How many stupid nothing bills? They just shower you with a, a bunch of imaginary solutions to imaginary problems. Bills that even if you did the things they're going for, like wouldn't tangibly yeah. change anything. And what do the Democrats and do? They argue with nothing. themselves out of the. It's not even they do nothing. They make it. They frame the argument. They say those bills are bad. That bill is bad. It's like, yeah, I agree, but Not it's just, also like stupid and pointless. No, your like, your example, the the example you're looking for is fourteen hundred dollars versus two thousand dollars. That's what the Democrats do. 
the Democrats are about to send out, maybe, we'll see, 400 million <laughs> N95 masks two years into a pandemic, a year after assuming office. One time, maybe, we don't know, but like, I'm glad the masks are getting sent out. Don't get me wrong. But I have to look at the implementation and what it took to get here, and none of it addresses the systemic problems of why we have so many dead people from a pandemic. Into it. So when the Democrats, when I say the Democrats do nothing, I'm saying usually most of their actions are nothing. They could be throwing out a bunch of bullshit bills that are equally meaningless and just kind of designed to make us fight, but they could be, you know, in the slightly left, I say in giant quotes, I don't know, the left version of whatever this is, pass one that says, we are teaching critical race theory, fuck you, like, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> like, do something. And, and then get them to fight a stupid argument, but they don't. So yeah, when they do get action through, it's always not even half measures, quarter measures, eighth measures. There are 500 million is a low rough estimate of however many people live in the country. I think it's closer to 600 million now, isn't it? But there's 400 million planned N95 masks of the disposable variety. Just like they're sending out, they've now said you can sign up, and we both did this, right, Dragor? We signed up to get our four free tests. Yes. There is a government site. It's through the U.S. Postal Service. It's a USPS website. Go do that, everybody. You get four per residential address. No matter how many people live in your house, you get four. Also, and if you don't live in a house, I don't know how it works. I, I live uh. in a condo, and I either I got it first, and I fucked up everyone else in my building, or they've fixed it already. I don't know. But, well, it says uh, residential address, and those are multiple addresses, right? Technically, yes. So really what yeah. it boils down to is sometimes they, they have the segment in the form where you put your unit number, so 1A or whatever else. And if that doesn't mm -hmm. work and it says we already sent to this address, just put it in the main address line, and they're doing just simple string matching, and it'll go through. You could probably cheese the system and go and carefully misspell or do subtle variations, and I'm willing to bet they wouldn't pick up on it. Dragor, would you like to know that I got canceled over doing exactly what you just did a few uh, a year ago? Anyway, yes, uh, please <laughs> get your tests sent I to your did, house. Wait, 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 Pepper. If the I USPS... did not do that, I live alone. <laughs> I just did the one for my household. But yeah. allow me to be clear. If you are in a household of eight people, maybe it is safer <laughs> for you to do that. 400 million masks that are disposable is less than one per human that lives in America, and four tests per household, per, I'm sorry, per residential address is also probably fewer people that live in America, and we're talking about, so COVID is not a thing where you put on a mask once and then you're good. These are disposable things that get used through a media. So, like, because this is what we're going to be told is why we should vote for Biden and why Biden and them's response is so much better is that this is happening. So how do we get past the false premise of no, Biden did something to how do you argue that 400 million masks is not really doing anything? So it's like, oh, well, people have had a chance to get masks by now. We're two years in. We do not have a, the mask mandate that was supposed to happen, but we're now being sent like 0.3 masks, per, 0.8 masks per person. For I can tell one you day. what the answers are going to be. It's going to be they've been trying and mansion and cinema and the courts. Like th there is a whole spread of things that are going to be said to us. Some of which, like from a specific, what legally can they do for the idea proposed? All right, fine. But like this, this masks thing, it came from some reserve. That implies that it's been there this whole time. The na the, what yeah, the strategic fuck? national strategic reserve of why we have a bunch of shit that we have strategic reserves of. 
You know what I see when I walk around Chicago right now? I see a bunch of restaurants that have closed their dining areas and have converted it into free COVID testing sites. And I'm only seeing that now, not, you know, when all this shit happened. I'm not... It, there are all of these things that are happening two years later that we knew from pandemic researchers forever, like, on what to do. And I, I don't have any more patience of Biden gave out 400 million masks once a year into his term, which is the second <laughs> year of the pandemic. I cannot, you say, well, I cannot rationalize it. Like, I can't, I can't in one hand go, everyone involved every step of the way knew, and then the answer to me is, well, they tried. We should have revolutioned over this. DJT sent us unemployment for, like, most of a year, which was only ended by the Biden administration. If you want to talk about who has materially done more, which also is then, like, assigning, like, doing this weird thing you do in the U.S. where everything that happened in a given time is the president's responsibility, even though the president does not do everything. I know. Uh, I agree. Like, Trump has done more materially for the pandemic at this point than Biden has. They both had a nearly equal amount of time. I think Biden's had a little bit more time. Uh, running things under the pandemic and yeah trump got on tv and talked a bunch of dumb shit but uh people got checks and meanwhile biden's like sorry your tax your child care tax credits going away sorry we couldn't pass build back better sorry you can't do the mask mandate but here's 0.8 masks per person once <laughs> it's the fact that we are once again not in so it could have been an overwhelming Everybody go home. You get your $2,000 a month. We're continuing these payments, your child tax credit. Like, they could have just actually thrown every effort at it and been like, fuck it. We're just going to burn all these bridges. We might lose our seats in the future, but we are doing everything we possibly can for COVID. And then it would be a little bit, like, easier to go, yeah, but come on, though. Look at, the, look at these markedly different COVID responses. But we don't have that. We have Kamala Harris going on TV and saying, Google it, find a test good luck while simultaneously people who google it go to fake yeah. covid uh, tests. point of clarification just because i found it weird uh the stated population of the united states for 2021 is around 332 million i always have that freaking number wrong in my head <laughs> i just want to say it's five <laughs> five hundred no million. i think projection said we were going to be there but we've had a lot of uh population growth sw slowing because of what capitalism is oh, no. doing to us and our generation <laughs> is like why would we have a kid <laughs> who All right. wants to bring a life into this <laughs> so it it might be just barely one mask per person <laughs> very sorry joe biden i'm i'm completely wrong we're gonna be fine after this uh, I think <laughs> I forget masks. if it happened. Did Let's Go Brandon happen in between, or was that on last episode? Oh, we've talked about like wait, which part of the of Let's Go Brandon because it's latest, been around for the, months. The latest one. I edit this out if we've covered it before, but like just to be clear, if if you're gonna say Let's Go Brandon, don't be a fucking coward. <laughs> just come out and say fuck Joe Biden. I do every day. It's how I start my Biden. day. <laughs> oh, I'm awake. I fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> Are my student loans still here? Ah, fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> That's great. That oh, are my student loans still here? Fuck Joe Biden. Oh, oh, that's good. I would say that's rich, <laughs> but you have student loans. Friends and neighbors, this this is semi tongue in cheek. 
but it's been pointed out like various times of how like people on the like your Jordan Petersons, etc. People on the right and people used to on the left. Like there's a, a, a minor I don't want to say a self help element because. You know, the whole, like, that that invokes the self-help industry, which is mostly quackery and nonsense. But at the same time, humans are a collaborative species, and we help each other out, and we give each other advice a lot. So while these are not, like, set in stone or, or not rules that work for everybody, I kind of enjoy the idea of just, like, hey, uh, I'm going to call it Pepper and Dragor's democratically selected rules for life. Because they will be brought up for discussion, and if they are determined to be a bad rule for life, they will be removed. <laughs> These are democratically selected. And if, hey, if after like a year we come back and we're like, oh, conditions have changed, that is no longer a rule for a good rule for life. I let me throw them out here. Applying the science of communism to rules for life. Because, yeah, real talk, it's not that you need to, like, creepily big brother look over each other's shoulder and always be on each other's ass for every little thing. But, yeah, you you can't just... If you live your life in a way that uh, is detrimental to those around you, like, it's more like being a good neighbor. Because that is a thing. State Farm is there. Me, say, me saying that, hey, probably don't blast your music past midnight, like, on a work day... If you live in a populated area, that's not that's not fascism. That's just not being an asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't tell me when to turn off my stereo oh, and stop can we, screaming can we have outside. The... <laughs> All right, there. That's the name of that sub list. It's not fascism. <laughs> it's called Don't Be an Asshole. <laughs> this is called Not Being an Asshole. <laughs> All right. So, oh, this is a good one for that. My rule that's number the title. one here. That's we'll the go... proposed title for this episode. I'm <laughs> Fucking, it's not fascism. Up. It's called Don't Be an Asshole. Let me write it down. <laughs> I have a few. I'm going to start out. I'm going to list a few today. Dragor hopefully has a couple too. And then we will kind of add or subtract for this as an ongoing bit. If we have new ones, <clears throat> old ones, or want to remove them. And we'll discuss them periodically for the Democratic uh, <laughs> segment. And those in the <laughs> chat right now, give me your re knee-jerk reactions to them. This is part of that Democratic process. Yeah. One, shower once a day whenever possible. That's my, that's my, that's my first rule. It's a good rule for life, in my opinion. If, also, if you live in an area where you, you don't have, you're, you're not going to... I asterisk that because I'm a scout, right? And I, it's you being in the desert, too. Like, there are situations where if you don't have to shower and that not showering isn't going to negatively impact people, like, you can make that decision for yourself. But in general, yes, I agree with the rule. Well, are we starting with 621? Oh, here we go. <laughs> let's do... I'm going to put... I don't want to say shower. Let's generalize it. Can we generalize? I can change shower to bathe. Which is even more general. Once a day, perform personal grooming. Personal. <laughs> Whatever that means for you and your society and what you have to take care of. You don't have to shower. If, it, if personal grooming, if, if, if that means you've got wipes and you do it, like, I'm about to have to do that. I don't even have a working shower right now. That's what I'm putting. I put once a day, perform personal grooming. It's very general. Enjoy this. <laughs> I was going to put when needed, but you have to remember that the when needed can't necessarily be only your opinion. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Kage gets a lot of shit, but people. Uncle Kage's uh, 
speech on how the human olfactory system will acclimate to almost anything in 15 minutes, especially your <laughs> own odor. <laughs> I would call this pro, ah, pro-social behavior. That's what I, That's a good way to put it. This is pro-social behavior. Don't yeah. be smelly. So everybody's standing around you in the store. It isn't like, ugh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, do you have a rule? Because I have three today. Uh, I have, yeah, like mine's, you, you read mine, so I'll pick pluck a couple of things out of this. The tongue-in-cheek version is called Don't Be Principal Skinner from The Simpsons. You have all seen the meme from the, if you don't know what The Simpsons is, you have seen uh, a yellow-skinned person with gray hair in a suit outside, and it's two images and the text is something like, am I, am I out of touch? No, the children must be wrong. And that's, you know. No, that's it the, is the children who are wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> that is age old. There is graffiti from Roman times and older about how, you know, kids, you know, the elders don't understand the kids. And the elders like, ah, oh, the kids don't respect the elders. This is just built in. This is part of us. And the genuine rule is... To the best of your ability, commit to lifelong learning or being a lifelong student. Uh, the number one friction that I personally witness, both just growing up in a particular household all the way to a commentary on people I see in life, is at some point, a lot of people turn the switch off or they just go, nope, I got it figured out now. And that's it. And the problem with that is new information can come later. Science says, well, you can figure something out for now, but if you get new data, new evidence, especially anything that's contradictory, you should revisit and see if your outlook or answer or view needs to change. Uh, there's Yo, no guarantee I, it does. I have a, this is a, this is a frickin' Lenin quote that I've busted out before. I'm starting to like, if the tack, if the conditions change w within 24 hours, the tactics must change within 24 hours, which is giving the same sentiment you're going for. Like things change constantly. If you go for like the, the current day, like there is a uh, CPUSA, Communist Party of the US. And it's a, it, I've heard them described as it, it was kind of sort of like the Soviet Union lobby. The same way there's a bunch of Americans who are like pro-Israel, just in kind of a vague like let them like we'll tell people to be not not in the same way, but yeah, <laughs> there's people over here who are just like you know we'll leave the Soviets alone. We should do the whole, <laughs> but their tactics seemingly have not changed, and that's partially the explanation for why they've kind of like gone away. It's not like a, a force anyone deals with anymore. You become irrelevant. It's not just that it's good to like keep up with things and yeah, learning. Great. At the same time, you, that's how you become irrelevant. Our current parties are pretty much like they aren't irrelevant in that they don't have power. They have lots of power, but what they do is because people are acknowledging that the old institutions are essentially becoming irrelevant. They only exist to respond to emergencies like a COVID, and they are unable to. Yeah. So it's not even yeah. that they're unable; they willingly <laughs> fail at it. They actually are able. These systems. Like, I don't want to shit on the entirety of, like, our government and structure, right? Because, like, it has done stuff. It did put a fucker on the moon. That's insane. The thing, Only like, don't piss off the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not talking about motivation, but I am saying it's the same thing with Elon Musk. I hate that he's the one doing it, but things are moving. 
So well, there's an argument that capitalism was a necessary step between feudalism and communism. It might it's just th- we're, we're there now. We're done. Yeah, <laughs> we got there. Like at some point, we industrialized. That's where things evolve. The abstract yeah. thing that a coin or paper money represents had to evolve socially for everyone to decouple and figure out sure. that ah, you don't have to grow all your own food and do all of your own farm. You know, like we can specialize and distribute and maximize exactly. our potential together. You, you can have somebody who's just the clothes person. <laughs> you don't, not everyone has to make their own clothes and their own food and farm their own shit and shoe their own horse. But <laughs> if, you, if you do want to be more than just a plain and simple tailor, you can join the Obsidian Order. <laughs> okay. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> plain and simple tailor, fucking Garrick. Give me the, um, <laughs> How can we write that? Write this as a rule because I like what you're going for. Like, like stay fresh, be willing uh, to I, change. I do genuinely mean, and it's been used before. Uh, lifelong student. People are they, there is this attitude in schooling, and I had it, and it was can't wait to get to be done with school. Can't wait to go be practical, and that is a misframing of the situation because learning is the prototype it's the foundational layer to doing anything practical and part of it then is once you've done the thing you should go back to learning and research to see how you can iterate and get better humans never get anything right on the first second third 20th try so like the the other rule with lifelong student is normalize failure uh embrace failure because uh, the only way you're going to know if something works or not is you have to do the version where it works and you have to do the version where it doesn't work. And usually it's several versions of it not working before it does work. <laughs> H3 in the chat. One must fuck around to find out. I have a, I, what I was going to say is my, instead of going to my third rule, I'm gonna, this kind of like spins into what you were talking about and uh, like challenging your own assumptions and trying to absorb information and not just like ignore like, nope, this is how we were doing things and new information will not change how we were doing things. Uh, As I wrote down is when I think some version of uh, we get, we're fed a lot of the U S has a narrative, which doesn't mean that there's people who sit around and decide with it, but there's like the popular version of just what's happening. The like, if you watch CNN and a couple other things, just talk to general schmoes, read some headlines, you know, the, the narrative, the voice <laughs> the, of what is the, the generally the agreed class, upon. You mean? Yeah, that's what it actually is in practicality. <laughs> and we're getting there with Ukraine right now. I do not know. I don't know. I don't have answers as to what is actually definitely happening in Ukraine. I'm not Ukrainian. I'm not in Ukraine right now. But it's the media sure seems like it's ready to go. Let's attack and have a war with Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I am the last person to tell you what should happen in Ukraine. But the U.S. CIA backed like, oh, this time we'll set up a puppet government and it'll definitely work. <laughs> like how We've many times do we have past. to go through this? Learn from things. You were just saying this. You have to absorb new information, learn from your mistakes, and move forward in a different way. You can't just keep doing. Oh, well, this shit's getting a little shaky at home. Better go start a foreign something. <laughs> but it continues to work. They're still in power. They still get what they want. They get to funnel a bunch of money into their private defense contractors. Like, everyone always... One of the... It's, it's part of the pointing out the class contradictions. The number one thing, especially around military stuff among 
anyone that we, you know, among libs or want to change the system, the biggest contradiction continues to be the military industrial complex. And <laughs> like, if there ever was an avenue, I guess, you know, and maybe I should consider this more. If there ever was an avenue to <laughs> converting people is continually point out that like every time in lockstep, everyone goes to the military. And then the default thing is like, well, but if you don't, you lose your seat. Well, Bernie's the only one that didn't vote for the Patriot Act, and he's still around. How many more could do that? <laughs> I want to. I said, rea- like, was talking about what the react, what the reactionary take is on things. So I don't want to go the with this. I don't want to be. Re- I am. Uh, I want to point out how I am not being. So if the U.S. narrative is <clears throat> Russia is evil. I do not want to be a reactionary and say no and say no, Russia is pure. <laughs> that is when you have Epic and Apple or even Google and Apple fighting in the courts, are either of them good? <laughs> the the obvious answer is no. To anyone listening to us, Google inherently is not good. They are a force for capital and therefore evil. Same thing with Apple. They both do extreme exploitive practices. Blah blah blah. We all know this. Okay. Well, is any world power state good? Have we seen one? Is there any place on earth that is a world power that we can just unequivocally say they are good? It's because words like no. good can't apply to a government. It's like Correct. A, a weird, it's so, like be- beautiful. So it's be- like, all because right. Because the framing in the U.S. is Russia bad, and we already agree that it's way more complex than good and bad, you don't have to preface and say, Russia's the hero. You really just attack it as <laughs> the U.S. propaganda, as, as you said, the U.S. propaganda wants me to think Russia is bad. I know Russia's a big state. I know Russia has sent assassins out, like, recently in the past couple of years, and we all but know that, like, they've killed other people on foreign countries' soil, and that should be a much bigger fucking deal than it is. And you know that the U.S. is doing not and we're the doing exact it. same shit. We're doing we do it, too. that shit right back. Like, CIA plants in the Ukraine. Well, not plants. It's Explicitly uh, working with and proposing. Yeah, certain parts of Ukraine. If they're just an open allyship. The Ukraine's like, yeah, go for it. They're like pro-Western Ukrainian. And again, this isn't, we we use for shorthand, Russia, Ukraine. This isn't all of the people of Russia getting together and making a decision. Just like it's not all the people of America getting together and making a decision. It's their particular military industrial complex arm, their particular ruling class, owning class, pe- movers and shakers who get to make these calls are, are doing these things. And while I'm not, I don't want to knee-jerk go to whatever Russia's doing is good, just because what they say, whatever Russia's doing is bad, what I want to know is, what is Russia doing? That's what I am interested in. Right. I'm not interested in, I want to know, what do Ukrainians think, like, actual Ukrainians think about this? Are they like, yeah, fucking take us, Russia, our government's a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> or or do they feel they're being invaded by Russia? I, like, have, I have two rules out of what you've been saying, just kind of as a general proposal. One is uh, just at a general level, because you should always do this. What is the intent of the source of the thing you are consuming? Just in general, ask that, especially for the news, especially for the news. You don't really need to be that critical. I mean, you can be, you know, the, the more narrow you look at that, you start looking at like, okay, Am I going to read anything by Orson Scott Card or not? Like, what's what's his intent? What's the author intent? We don't need to really get into that. But from 
information, and information and its distribution sure can be weaponized, ask the question. Don't, like, we're not saying distrust everything. It's know the bias. Try and find out the bias of where it's coming from, because almost every power structure has an agenda. Instead of bias, can I say class interest? Yeah! That's what we're looking at. Whose whose class interest is benefited by XY action or XY narrative? Yes. Because, like, if the U.S. stops Russia and Ukraine, whatever, the, like, if, if what their narrative is saying, like, comes true and I do everything they think I should do, I don't think it affects me, which is not me saying that, oh, if it did affect me, go do it. Like, if it benefits me, fuck it. Like, I don't want that either. It's just... It's like all these U.S. foreign wars, all these meddling with other people's business. We have an organization. It's the U.N. And, like, what what is and is not, you know, everyone always points to, oh, but we have the moral authority and responsibility to do this. I'm like, I didn't Ugh. consent to that. No. <laughs> more and more people, I think, are just over that. Ever, since freaking Team America World Police came out, <laughs> they rolled their eyes at this dumbass moral cover for business decisions. It's always a bit, there's always some hidden business decision. That's why Marxism is valuable to me in this case, because it helps guide me towards what actually is fucking going on. Marx didn't know about the Russia, Ukraine conflict, no. <laughs> but I can almost guarantee I would put most of my, I would make a, be pretty comfortable making the bet that there is an underlying economic interest at play here. I want to know whose it is and why? What, what so are they trying the, to? What resource is there? The other what? thing to the other rule I would say, or like the amendment to that, is whenever there is a story or a group of people talking about a situation that involves a different group of people and you aren't in it, make especially sure that you get some, like, figure out how to get primary sources to be able to make any kind of judgment or informed decision, or as Pepper and I continue to do on this, how often do we say, we don't know what Russia's intent it's is in this Ukraine call. thing. We don't know what's going on with these elections on the ground floor in these other countries, but the U.S. media has this narrative running that it's a sham and all this bad stuff's going on, and then you actually go and, like, see what's going on there. We have the internet now. You can actually, in general, find out what's going on at the place half a world away, and then it turns out, well, it's not what the media was saying. So not only are you learning what the people in an actual situation want and believe, then you have something to compare and contrast with, well, if, if what I'm being told isn't what's happening, now what? I want to hear from the proletarians in the area affected. All you ever get is the pervading national narrative, the international... Like, the, whatever narrative benefits the imperial project that is the U.S. and the greater West, like the EU and us and a couple other people. That's the narrative you will hear. I get annoyed. I get on NPR. I hear about the Kellogg's strike. The only people who get interviewed are the, like, CEO, CFO, whatever of Kellogg's and, like, the union boss, maybe? And I'm like, I want to hear, like, what do the actual Kellogg employees want? What do the, in Nicaragua, like, what do the actual Nicaraguans, like, how do they feel about their election? Like, do you feel like you're threatened into voting a certain way? Do you think of this, like, in Mexico, in, in Bolivia, no matter where you are, 
I have, and then when it actually becomes an Arizona issue, I want people to listen to my fucking voice. <laughs> I, as an Arizonan, have opinions. I, as an American, have opinions. The this number. is how I feel about. Oh my god! Just in my existence and traveling to cons, the number of things people say about Chicago, and just immediately it's like, no, that's not true. Like, oh well, you're used to it. I'm like, no, it's factually untrue stop saying that the crime is like not anything like you describe anything <laughs> you like to... you describe is in these particular areas that have been savagely attacked by a history of institutionalized racism and brutality so really you're gonna point to oh there's violence and crime here is the problem when you have an entire city's life fucking with people that's what you're going to point to? It's, it's constant. Things being material, the things we actually care about. You, What you're describing is people see these issues like, I don't know, crime as uh, like a moral thing, which, I mean, yes, I guess some crimes are, are based on someone making like a decision. Crimes of I don't know, passion. But most crime is crimes of desperation. It's people who need a thing. They need resources. They need subsistence. And they find a way to do it. And it is not legal Uh sometimes where if you look at the issues materially in the neighborhoods of Chicago, where it, it's not even like everybody thinks it's like the movie Candyman from the nineties. <laughs> like oh, I got these exact same projects and the exact same thing. Like crime has been on a continue, like violent crime has been on a continual downturn for a really, really long time. We've had a tiny bit of an uptick because we had the year where everyone was locked down. So it went really low and then they kind of came back. The material issues in these neighborhoods, like, oh, they don't have a grocery store. Oh, there's nowhere to work. Oh, there's no, like, no access to education. Oh, the place they live is shit. Like, materially, things could be changed about the neighborhoods that give Chicago the, like, out-of-towner tourist reputation they get. What you can't, what's harder to do is go around and be like, ah, is everyone who lives in the projects a nice person who thinks good thoughts? <laughs> I don't care. They're here. They're, they're, you end they're up in people. these moral they're arguments. They're fucking here. We got to work on people. Oh, it's they're they're lazy and they just hate being productive. They hate helping oh, out. God, like, the earned mentality drives me nuts. <laughs> it's a nothing argument. It's a call to you can never prove a human being's desire to work. <laughs> it can never be measured. What can be measured is their uh, need for calories, like shelter, water. <laughs> Keeping things material. Can hey, I, we're can about I make out a of time. Quick, if you if you gotta edit it out, fine. But can I make a quick wrestling thing? Oh, definitely. Always wrestling. <laughs> the earn it mentality in in AEW All Elite Wrestling storyline that's in the back of my head still fucking with me. Cowboy Hangman Adam Page won the world championship. The audience is chanting, "You deserve it," and he says, "No, I earned it." But like, it was plotted, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like that that cognitive dissonance is there like i hate the idea of no i earned it like i don't i don't believe in that anymore i'm aware in every step of the way how much luck and systems and where you're born like just contributes so like the whole the whole storyline thing of oh this underdog made it like he's friends with all the evps and like <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you're talking about Adam Page specifically. He's been like all the way back from New Japan. He's it's a long career of knowing people, going things. I'm trying like, to think what uh I'm not saying he he hasn't worked hard. The dude is insane, did it while being a teacher, and like yeah. I'm just acknowledging that there's all 
the contradiction of storyline, it wasn't planned, and he just, he finally succeeded, but we all know that's not true, and I don't like the earn it mentality, so like, this person I like has a core story piece that we're supposed to buy in, you get it? Like, it's, it's, it's almost acting as this weird propaganda of upholding the earn it mentality as part of primary media, and that's why I'm suspicious of it. <laughs> If you call into question the entire idea of meritocracy, where if like if we are a species that is like meant to be, we're obligate social people, and we all judge each other, and like the way we decide what is best or worst is just a collection of opinions, then we kind of go, I don't know, people will sort of think, <laughs> what chance should we do instead of you deserved it or you earned it? Should we be like, uh, good performer, clap, 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 clap. <laughs> well, no, it still needs to Solid be solid clap, 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 clap. You are I appreciate lucky. your shows. Like, <laughs> uh, took advantage of your opportunities when you were given them, and luckily weren't injured at the time. Clap, 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 clap. clap. <laughs> like, well, we freaking the last thing I want to just mention because we don't have a. There's no end to the story. It's just hey, bring it up because it kind of supports what we were talking about. Not that you should be an ultra suspicious conspiracy. Don't look for illogical, crazy explanations. O Occam's razor. <laughs> don't, don't be like, ah, oh, the moon landing is fake. Doubt everything. Doubt things that are worth doubting. And uh, the the national narrative is usually worth doubting. Here we have a thing. Catalan news. Catalonia being in Spain or up part of Spain that uh, wants to be not a part of Spain. <laughs> Just reading the beginning of this. A former high-ranking police official, Jose Manuel Villarejo, uh, said, he said that he believes the 2017 terror attacks in Barcelona and uh, Cambrils, 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 were orchestrated by Spain's Secret Service. So if I'm not wrong, that's when, like, they were, remember, there were, like, trucks getting driven up on sidewalks and, mow, like, mowing people down. 16 deaths. Uh, talking before Spain's national court on Tuesday, he said the aim was to destabilize. This is like, he suspects. This isn't like, they didn't come out and say this. Uh, he said the aim was to destabilize Catalonia before the independence referendum, uh, but the outcome, 16 deaths, was a miscalculation. God, so, that's all right. just fucking... That, that, that's newspeak. That's, that's, that, the dystopia's been here. Damn. 16 people died and it was a miscalculate like oh fucking truck running over passersby in the catalan capitals la rambla was a serious mistake this in quotes on a part of spain's former national intelligence center director felice sans roldan so yeah catalonia wanted to it's like if i'm like if if california wanted to actually get serious about seceding from america like the greater spain the, the bourgeois of the Spanish bourgeois, the ruling class in Spain, does not want to lose a chunk of territory because it's both like kind of embarrassing because it's like, ah, see, they wanted to leave because Spain sucks so bad. And they want the money, the resources that come out of Catalonia. It's a piece of the country they do not want to lose. So they have been brutally slapped down over and over again, apparently including a false flag terrorist thing to try and mess up the independence vote. And then after that, I think they like voted that way anyway. And they were sending in Spanish police to like slap down the Catalonian rebellion. It all very undemocratic. Like Catalonians want to leave Spain and they should be allowed to. And I would say the exact same thing. If like the majority of people living in, I don't know, fucking Massachusetts were like, we want to be the nation of Massachusetts or if, like, the Navajo Nation said, we would like to secede from America and be a literal, full-on nation. What do you mean? I would support secede. that. They don't. They want to be given a chance. 
that they were never given because exactly. fucking conquering. Like, it's to see it in that framing exactly. is insane. <laughs> I know, but that's the language you would have to use. Like, that's what it would be called. It would be called a secession from the U.S. And, uh, no, it would some be called the rightful and fair renegotiation, except you can't even call it fair because it's impossible yeah, nego- because we murdered everyone. The reestablishment. The, <laughs> the, the, this is quite literally the least we could do, and we hope to do better going forward. We're at a good amount of time, and there's a thing we forgot to do yeah. up front. Ah. Uh. Do you know? No, what did we not do? We did not do the clappies. Oh my god, am I doing end clappies? We're doing end <laughs> clappies, not with our rear ends, just at the end. We're gonna. I'm gonna mess this up and I'll be like, "What's happening?" Oh, that was a clap. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, three, two, one, clap. Three, two, one. All right, do an outro. This has been last minute politics. I have been Dragor, and I hope y'all are interested in the the Pepper and Dragor democratically figured out rules for. <laughs> living and trying to not go fucking insane in a capitalist hellscape we'll be redressing them every every not every episode but i'll bring them up everyone i'm keeping them in my notes i think what we have to do is get a poll so all patrons like do we should do two and this requires effort but i might do it where we do it through our twitter and then we have the patron one and then we set up some data differences of The patron version of the voted in and the general oh, just, population voted in. Now you just weight the patron votes. They get, they count as ten votes. Ah. <laughs> and then people be like, but that means you're voting with your dollars. Like, no, not dollars plural. All it takes is one dollar to have a voice at this table. They'll be like, stop the steal. <laughs> <laughs> stop the count. Give, give your arch. Give your uh, outro. Outro. I've been Pepper Coyote. We are... You already did an outro. <laughs> yeah, but I did, you didn't say your... Like, it, it was just me, unless we're ending on just me. Well, we're last in politics. Join our Patreon. Vote on our rules. Be here while we record these episodes. I'm going to go back to stick and tile in a bathroom. <laughs> Bye! Bye.